And welcome back to the third lockout episode of 216 Baseball, Cleveland Baseball Podcast. His name's Alex. My name's Paul. And if you guys missed us, guess what? We missed you too. Let's get into it. doing great it's monday we're talking about baseball i know that's my like stereotypical answer every yeah, time it's you like, need I'm some great. new material i do but like that's how i feel we get to do this shit like it's it's slaps yeah. and yeah. so i just it's like, like the, doing it's it. like jerry seinfeld talking about airplane food like we get it all right i know i know well next time i'll say i'm doing terrible what are you gonna do about it and i'll yeah. just put it right on you yep but i also know how you are you'd be like what do you need fam i got you so no, things are good. I mean, I'm a little tired, not going to lie. Um, I guess if we'll just be real honest, I'm tired today. Got some stuff wrapping up at work. Got some big deals going on, trying to trying to get them wrapped up before the end of the year. Just found out literally four seconds before uh, we started recording that I am probably going to burn or leave a little bit of vacation time on the table. So that never feels good. Um, but that is that. what it is. Grind, grinds, grind never stops, you know? Yeah. So, but how are you? Good. I'm, uh, I'm, do- I'm doing all right. Tired. I got to go back to work tomorrow. And uh, I got to pull an 18-hour day tomorrow, so. Why do you have to do 18 hours? I got to cover down for someone because they got something going on. Oh, shit. Yeah. So How does that work? Do they cover it back so then you would do six hours less one of these days since you do 312? They're supposed to, but. Uh, it's probably not going to happen because you don't get paid for that extra. Obviously, right? no. you're just covering for someone. Yeah, man, they better. I would, I would take down their social security number. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I'd be like, Mm-mm, on this day at this time, you fucking owe me, dog. Like, yeah, I, it's cool you're helping them out. I mean, eighteen hours, fuck that. But like, nah, we're gonna. To be fair, my job's not super like strenuous. It's eighteen it, hours. It's, don't don't undersell it. It's it's sitting there watching imaginary ones and zeros floating back and forth so it's not terrible but don't please don't undersell big pharma in the fight (laughs) that you have against them please that's that's the most under that like if we have one ongoing joke that only like the diehards know i really want it to be that you're fighting big pharma (laughs) like that's that's can that be like my 2022 like christmas like my christmas gift and everything is like that's that's the gift. I just want to it's, keep up every once in a while. Just Paul sprinkle v. it Big in. Farmer. Yeah, Farmer. Paul versus V Big Pharma <laughs> in the district courts. Like maybe I'm gonna have to like watch it so I don't overuse it. But like every fourth episode, just randomly like yeah. inquire how's the fight against Big Pharma going? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, episode. Yeah, we are hundred percent. The Big Pharma is gonna come after us. Like shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. There's going to be a guy in the background on one of the videos. You're just going to see slip my slip my throat. And be like, you're talking about painkillers. Don't talk about things you don't know. Um, so, yeah, episode 51. We're back. Uh, we're excited to do this. 51 is my favorite number, too. True. That is a, genuinely his favorite number. That was your number in high school, right? For football. Yeah. 
Yep. So it's a special. And then it was one. also the the ship I was on. It was its hall number. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was DDG fifty one. Ooh, that sounds like a hell of a haul. Like it's the old, it was the oldest, it was the oldest DDG in the Navy. <laughs> Whoops! Whoops! It's older than Basically, both of us. Paul's into grannies, so yeah, that's obviously. I mean. I'm trying to find Paul's, sugar mamas. <laughs> Paul's into bilfs. Boats. I'd like to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, is- we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to talk about gilfs. We're gonna have to talk about gilfs. Yeah. What are you talking about? Because we're go- next episode. In case anyone was wondering, oh yeah, we should give preview. a little preview. We're t- we're talking about. We're just gonna we're gonna be sitting here bullshitting because there's literally no baseball news to talk about. Yep, and, and we're gonna so pre-record an episode. Yeah, and we're gonna we're probably going to just talk about stories and funny stuff that's happened in our lives. We're gonna try and keep it mostly baseball related, but that that will be a funny story. We should tell that one. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I was just gonna go more baseball stories because I've been holding oh, to a fun one. I was that I haven't I, told. I was gonna be talking about all like just our stories in general. It was more just gonna be a bunch of us just us bullshitting. Well, we can do that too. That's fine. But um, that's for episode fifty-two. This is fifty-one. We do have some good stuff. Um, we're gonna get hit on a little Guardians news, hit on a little lockout news, and then we're gonna go over the Hall of Fame ballots and let you know um what. You know, who we would put in the hall if we were given that power and why, and just give you kind of a recap who's who's on who's on the ballot. So Yeah. And we only fortunately one thing of Guardians news and uh it sucks. It's real sad. Um and I I hate putting this out there. Um, but unfortunately on Thursday, uh the Guardians put out a statement um saying that a uh Low A prospect Andreas Mendez Melendez uh, passed away um, from. I want to say, I don't know. Uh, I don't think anything was put out how he passed away or what happened. Uh, but yeah, our, our hopes and prayers are with their with his family and and everyone that that knew Andreas. Uh, he was only twenty years old, so <laughs> just a kid, younger younger than both of my siblings, which is crazy. To think about like the, the dude yeah. was young and had a whole life ahead of him. Yeah. They said he died suddenly and I was just looking, there's still no news on, on what happened. And you know, that's probably just out of respect for the family. Yeah. You know, it's not anybody's, anybody's business. Um, but it's just, it's a shame, you know, that 20 years old, man, I feel like we're so young and yet we're getting old, but we're so young. And I mean, we're, you know, you're going to be 27 here and, uh, you're half a year younger than I am, but you know, I'm 27 and a half and man to be, to think about where we were at 20 years old. Like, yeah. And it's just a tragedy, man. And you know, the, the guardians put out the statement that, you know, he'll be remembered by his teammates and friends as a positive, respectful and thoughtful young man with a beautiful smile who had a profound impact on others and that he'll be, you know, greatly, greatly missed. And, and that's true. So just, Rest in peace, rest in power, you know, all the, yeah, there's not much you can really say, just our condolences to his yeah. family, friends, and, and everybody. And I saw, I thought it was nice. I think it was the Brewers on Twitter. Uh, he might have, he must have started with them. It was another organization. I want to say it was the Brewers. I'm like 92% sure. Put something out and said that, you know, they were mourning the loss of a former prospect. So we must have gotten him somewhere, uh, from somewhere else. But, uh, but I thought that was nice. And, yeah. and it's cool to kind of see that, 
things that are much bigger than baseball. Baseball is kind of a catalyst, but you know, we're all people and um, it's just a shame really. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll switch gears quickly. And Paul, I need you to back away from your mic a little bit, but I need you to do the breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> I love it. Um, and so this actually came out, an hour ago, literally, right before we were going to sit down to do this. And Sportico um, on Twitter put out, they're at Sportico, uh, breaking David Blitzer, a part owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and New Jersey Devils, are nearing a deal to acquire a significant minority stake in the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. Wow. I have no idea about this. <laughs> like, no, that's yeah. very interesting. So I feel like I've heard of Sportico before, but you know, you he owns like that he kind said of he owns stuff. Seventy Sixers and the Flyers. He's a part owner of the Seventy Sixers and Devils, New Jersey Devils, the yeah. New Jersey Devils. Well, if I know, I, I know a little bit about basketball, and if if I've heard anything lately about the Seventy Sixers, that their organization is dog shit. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We'll take some of the money. I mean, our front office is the one. You know, we just. And I can't remember if we skipped this or not. The It was probably a month ago. I don't know that we ever put it in because it was right in between kind of the window of when we were recording. I think it came out like right as we were recording something. And anyway, it was basically that the Dolans are seeking a minority owner. And stop me, Paul, if I didn't bring this up. But I think it's important for people to remember anyway, if we did. The Dolans are seeking a minority owner, but they're so frustrating. Usually when you get a significant minority owner, there are things in place that lead to that person ultimately taking majority ownership because otherwise, why would you buy in, right? Like you're basically just footing the bill. You might see a little bit of the profit, but like you got to be in it to make some money. And in part of it's probably like we've talked about a pride thing, right? Like you're a billionaire or hundreds and hundreds of millions, right? Yeah. And you own a team. It's just fuck you money, honestly. And so almost... Every other instance, you have a minority owner, and then there's a plan if you let someone in, okay, for four or five years, and then they'll eventually take over. And the Dolans, this is like a month ago or so, it came out that while they're seeking one after our minority owner left to like buy the Royals, fun, imagine just doing that, like I'm going to go buy the Royals. Um, we haven't had a minority owner or a big one in a while. And the Dolans are basically trying to set it up so we have one, but with no path forward to take majority ownership. Yeah. So, like, basically all the reasons someone doesn't just want to be signing blank checks with no credit or, you know, you know, a smaller smaller amount of the profit and just help kind of boost the, you know, the team's probably payroll and pay for ancillary stuff without seeing a ton of profit um, with no plan to ownership. So, like, why would anybody do that? Like, why, yeah. why would anybody ever want? And it's just the Dolans. They're so frustrating. But, you know, that said, nearing, you know, uh, you know, a majority, you know, a, a big chunk of the I, I'm using majority and minority, the, uh, a large chunk for a minority owner, which sounds like yeah. it would probably lead then to majority ownership over time. And uh I think they want that to happen, but they're just, it's very frustrating how they're going about it. That in the past, they've been like, no, we don't, we just kind of want a checkbook. We don't want, you know, a good percentage. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, Something new. 
and who knows if maybe I don't know, would you be a part owner of the 76ers, Flyers, and then majority owner of the Guardians eventually? I don't I don't really know. But that's literally breaking like from like an hour ago. And yeah, I saw Zach about- Meisel tweet it out and some other people pick it up because I was skeptical at first, but it yeah. seems to be legitimate. Yeah, so. talk about having fucking money, being a, a part owner of three different sports organizations. Yeah, <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> that person, whoops. And three uh, different cities, too. I know. That's like one of my favorite jokes is uh, back when Amazon bought Whole Foods, there was a tweet or something going around that was like, uh, it's pr- it's probably like Bezos was like, you know, Hey, Echo, uh, buy Whole Foods. And it was like, okay, buying Whole Foods. No, that's not what I, uh, you know what, whatever. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <I'm dead. laughs> oops. Oh, yeah, oops. Okay, yeah, I guess. Go ahead and buy them out. But uh, but yeah, so we'll see if the Dolans can get out of their own way. I mean, if they are if they don't, you don't get to have your cake and eat it too. And and if if this is a good match, we'll see. But it's just yeah. breaking. I'm not, not going to uh, hold my breath on this fixing things or making things better. Because I've been a Cleveland sports fan too long to know that that's how this works. Yeah. Uh, to be more specific, sorry, I just clicked on the article. Uh, they're nearing a deal to acquire acquire nearly 35% of the Guardians. How wow. much? 35%. They're, damn. Wow. Yeah. Um, they have to be granted anonymity because uh, the talks are private. The deal also includes a path to control for Blitzer, who would eventually take over. Hmm. Um, it's a complex negotiation that includes equity from at least two places. The Dolans and current Kansas City Royals owner, John Sherman. Talks could still fall apart. Um, so Guardians does John Sherman to- still have part of the Guardians? Yeah, I don't understand how that works because I thought he sold out just to buy the Royals. I'm not huh. sure. We were valued at $1.375 billion, um, at... Number 21 in baseball, most valuable. Um, yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently Sherman, sorry, still is a minority owner. Hmm. And he's a minority owner still, and he bought the Royals. Huge flex. But MLB rules prevent individuals from owning stakes in multiple franchises. So Sherman must unload all of his Guardians equity. So when did he buy... Um, when did he buy into the Royals? It sounds so weird to it, say, like, when did this dude buy the Kansas City Royals? I know. You're just like, <laughs> hey, whatever. Yeah, I don't understand how this works because it's saying he purchased them in 2019. And I remember that happening. But it says you can't own stakes in multiple franchises. So maybe there's a period. Maybe it's like three years or, maybe. you know, that you have to. Because that is a lot to unload. Like, if you went and bought one else, you just got to dump like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of equity in the yeah. team. So maybe that's what it is. Um, Sherman stake had an Apparently, Sherman Stake also had an eventual path to owning the Guardians. So, we'll see. Yeah, sorry. I know that's a little all over the place, but I didn't realize that there were more details on it. Yeah, yeah. 35%. Damn. So, we'll see if they ever give it up, though. It sounds like that. that that's the eventually. I mean... I do think in the next 10 years that they'll be out. Hopefully. I do think. It's like shit or get off the pot. Like, yeah. are you all the way in and you're ready to be all the way in? We don't yeah. need a $200 million payroll, but is this something you're in or is it something you're we solely? What, we're sitting at 40. What was it last year? 50 41? million a payroll. Oh, 50. Yeah, well, right now we're at 50. Yeah. And okay. last year, I think we were at like 40. 
So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, yeah, fucking love it here. Cool. Yeah. Average MLB payroll was like 125 last year. Yeah. So whatever. It's now no big deal. I'm gonna go ahead and uh see how shotgun shells taste. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take a bath with a toaster. I don't know. Fuck around, find out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Some breaking news there. Thanks for rocking with us as we're kind of trying to decipher the shit show through. of Cleveland. Yeah, sports. decipher it. A little bit, but yeah, I bet it. I that's got to be what it is. Is that you have to probably unload it within a certain amount of time. I don't know what that yeah. rule is, but I bet it's three to five years because you can't take a bath on that. That would suck. Um. So yeah, some breaking news. Yeah, and then some lockout news. Uh, we'll go through this as well. Is Evan Drellich, and we'll put a link to this article as well as the other one. Um, from the breaking news, we'll put both of those in the episode description from uh last from Wednesday. Evan Drellich just basically wrote a, you know, state of the union, you know, kind of an address on where things are, because it's been real quiet on the lockout. And obviously it's a lockout, but it's been just crickets on yeah. like what's happening. Like, are they talking? Usually, are like, they not? At, at some point, there's rumors, at least. Yeah, like they want this on. and they're yeah. telling them to like go, you know, pa- you know, kick rocks or something like there hasn't Bravo been anything. Sixth. Yeah. <laughs> going dark, dark. Uh, yeah they went dark <laughs> on us and you know usually we have something but it has been just nothing nothing's been going on and that's because nothing has been going on and that's what this whole article basically just says that um and this is very frustrating and i'll i'm pissed about this that you know it's he just says that they started the lockout on december 2nd and then they had a small in-person meeting for that thursday to discuss things um, but really there hasn't been much of anything going on since that time. And at this point, the, just summarizing the article, it says they're so far apart and nobody, let's just call it what it is, has anything to lose yet because no spring training games or regular season games are really, you know, on the chopping block right now. There's, there's nothing to lose. We're in this purgatory. And so yeah. they both kind of decided that, yeah, we're just not working on it, and we need to revisit this in January. So that's how real life works. You know, when things get tough, when people disagree, when things at work or are at home or something are going on and you can't come to resolution, you just walk away and you're like, let's just take a vacation for a month and and we'll come back to it, which is tone deaf yeah. and just the, the very frustrating. Layman's terms for this whole uh, article is that both parties are in a pissing contest and they both think they have 12-foot dicks. And then at some point, they're going to have to start whipping them out, and we're going to have to see whose dick's bigger. Okay. Yeah, basically. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, though, they need to just figure out, like... There's going to have to be give and take. There's... there's Neither side's going to get everything they want. That's not how real life works. You're never going to get everything you want all the time. So there's going to have to be some sort of give and take. Uh, but at, But your product is your player's. So you have to keep your players in mind first. So at well, at some point MLB is going to have that. to MLB is going to have to give some stuff up, and uh, if there there's going to have to be three different groups for these agreements, there's going to have to be hard yeses like it's either this or we're not playing, or it's either like these are we're not we're not doing this without these. That there has to be like these are things that like we we really, really want. And if we don't get them, there's a good chance we're not going to. And then there's going to be stuff like we can part with this. If we Mm -hmm. get columns a and B there's going to have to be stuff like that going on. 
because that's the most realistic way these conversations are going to happen. Yeah. And, and the problem is, so basically just to bring it back to where things are at, there is no reason for that heat to be turned up. There's just yeah. none because like, we're until, not risk- until we start losing the, until games are being threatened to not be played. Yeah. Or, you know, we start biting into spring training, which obviously then subsequently hurts, you know, when the season starts. And it's just really frustrating because it's not how real life works. It's not how it's just tone deaf, everything going on with COVID and just the world in general. And, you know, that the two sides are just like, yeah, we'll just take a month off because there's just no reason to have to concede anything yeah. yet and, you know, negotiate in good faith or or and baseball doesn't MLB the the commissioner's office doesn't do that at all i i genuinely believe that the union isn't going to get everything they want and i think they do know that nobody's perfect but i the the play the nobody's commissioner's office perfect. is not i yeah. gotta work it again and again, again, and again till again, i get till things I get right, this right. <laughs> yeah. anyway. hannah montana uh, oh whoops um you didn't know you were but, getting that when you signed into this episode yeah so <laughs> god true but it it's just <laughs> i know yeah we didn't have that in the notes i'll tell you that <laughs> other people are like okay we get it uh but oh man i don't even know what i was saying anymore basically they both suck in my mind at this point and just that you could take a month off is very frustrating that's not how things work yeah. but apparently it is when you're negotiating and uh and i honestly at this point think we're gonna i think we're gonna miss five to 15 real games. I think we're going to miss in season games. I think it's going to get that bad. I think they're, I don't even think they're going to start until February and then they're going to have to start hashing it out. And that's going to take a few weeks and we're going to miss games. I really think spring training starts late and then it's going to push into the season, which then the owners do lose money. So it's just very frustrating. I mean, I think it's a good possibility that we missed games. I'm still optimistic that, both sides are going to be adults about this whole thing and figure it out. But, um, I mean, we saw what will happen. We, in 1990, I mean, we didn't see it because we were infants, but in 1994, this happened. So we've seen it happen before where the, the union was like, we're just not going to play. And then they found replacement players to come yeah. in. So we, we've seen this happen before, but. I think it's likely that we miss games, but I'm still optimistic that we're going to get a full 162. I sure hope so. I hope everybody starts being adults and stop, you know, get their head out of their ass. It's very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, just like, come on. And the fact that both sides are, and I really believe again, that it's more on the commissioner's office, but just like that they're both. And again, I think that if one person is being that impossible, there's nothing you could do about it. So don't get me wrong. But, and so I do want to blame that a commissioner's office, but to just get so in, trenched in one thing that like you can't go anywhere else from there is just they should get sued over it honestly for not negotiating good faith but whatever i'll get hung up on this all day it's so frustrating so hall of fame ballots yeah um so you get to cut now you get to hear me and alex bicker for an hour yeah i mean it's not that bad i don't think we'll we'll see we went through this a little bit before to kind of hash out and figure out and yeah. actually make a little bit of changes to ours too so we the did. final product when because we're you know why because we're adults and we can listen to both sides and come to an agreement on some things exactly that's the way it goes um 
So just some kind of ground rules or whatever is, so this is the 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot, of course. Um, They are due by December 31st, I think at midnight. And then on January 25th, my wife and I's anniversary, uh, our second anniversary. Whoops. Whoops. Um, Whatever, monogamy for my hog and me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) we... uh, Damn it. Now I'm laughing at myself. No. So first Hannah Montana, uh, now corny jokes. Exactly. So January 25th will be the uh, January 25th will be the uh, actual, you know, announcement of the ballots themselves. And to be clear, you get up to 10 years on the ballot and we'll walk through which people are on their first year. uh, People that are have been on, you know, we're not going to know how long they've been on. And then those that are on their final year and some rules are after 10 years. Um, you're off if you don't collect uh, 75% or more of the, the total ballots. Um, and so there are people, there are several that are in danger here of that. And year over year, if at any time you drop below 5% of the total vote, you fall off of the uh, the ballot altogether. So it could be your one, it could be your nine, which usually if you're on and you stay on and you keep gaining traction, you're never going to just like fall down. But yeah. it's usually first year sometimes second or third, depending on how strong a ballot is. You know, if you have less than five, you drop off. And and there is a lot of people on this list that probably won't be around next year. And that's just because, um, you know, that's just because of where, uh, you know, th- how many players there are. That, that And not every player even gets considered. And, yeah. you know, there's still, most of these you could throw away almost immediately. So, um so yeah, we'll get into it. I do think it's important, and we we talked about this a little bit in our kind of warm up version of this Hall of Fame. That there is an ethical clause to the Hall of Fame. There, but what's tough about that is it's such a gray area. There is no black and white. If you do this, you're fine. We'll still let you in. You know, your character is fine. If you if you did this, it's too much, and we won't vote you in. And so. That gets down a slippery slope, okay? Yeah. Um, some of these people had domestic abuse, um, incidents, and allegations. Um, Omar Vizquel's a piece of shit. He sexually harassed a handicapped person. So, you know, cool, like mentally handicapped because, you know, I hope he gets run over by an 18-wheeler and gets cancer at the same time if we're lucky. Um, and... Because they haven't drawn the line on that, we are just going to look at it from a baseball stat perspective. Now, we're going to have to address steroids because, and that'll get a little bit into ethics. And so I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but from the other things other than steroids, we're going to just kind of go off of baseball stuff for the most part, because we also are a little bit on the younger side. And while we know some of the stuff that these people did, I could be talking out of my ass and forget what some of these guys did at the same time or what they didn't do. And so it's just easier instead of trying to be all encompassing and try and get it right to just, you know, admit what we do and don't know and what angle we're going to approach the baseball hall of fame ballot. Um, So, and we certainly don't condone anything or write off any of the domestic abuse or anything. Paul and I would both throw hands with anybody that would put their hands on a woman. Paul has before he won that fight for whatever that was worth. Um, Everybody listening had no doubt that he did, but uh, <laughs> it's just, it's tough to get down that. So, um, so yeah, 
that's where we're at. Did I set the ground rules okay? Yeah, I will say the. Oh, I'll talk about it when we get to them. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. So I think I said 75% and up to get on t- up to 10 years. If you get less than 5%, you're off the ballot. I don't think I'm missing anything. They're due by the 31st. You have to wait and five years till after you retire to even get put on yeah, the ballot. Yeah, to be considered. Yep. And I guess one thing on the 5% or whatever, Kenny uh, Lofton should absolutely be a Hall of Famer. Don't at me. And he got dropped off. I don't remember when, but that's just a literal crime against humanity. One of the best yeah. outfielders ever. And just really pisses me off on the whole dropping off the ballot thing. So anyway, uh, with that being said, we'll go through these and we're going to try and keep it moving over the players that are just very clearly not, you know, Hall of Famers, more or less. Um, and we'll get into some of the nitty gritty, but try and spend it more on players that, you know, deserve it. So with that being said, the first person on the ballot is Bobby Abreu, and neither of us had him as a Hall of Famer. Nope. Um, uh, like we talked, we I mean, we talked about it during our test run. There needs to be like a Hall of Fame of very, very good baseball players, right? And there's, yep, and there's going to be players in this that fall into that at yeah, the same time. Because the Baseball Hall of Fame is... Very hard to get into. Um, like we found out yet, me and Alex both found out yesterday. There's only eight relievers in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, and three of them have amazing baseball names. You know, we could just like want like, to give like that old, like old that. Like it's hard to compare. Water. <laughs> it's it's hard to compare old baseball players to new baseball players because it's a different era. It's a different type of baseball. So the the. Three of them just like got in because they played. Everybody thought they were probably great guys and they were yeah. really good for their time. But by today's standards, they never get. They got they so, get cooked. Yeah, it's it's it is tough. It's it's really tough. So and th- th- that being said, there's there's there needs to be a Hall of Fame of very good baseball players because a lot of these players that we'll talk about are very good, but they won't get in. Yeah. And some ground rules for this very first one, too. It's important. Uh, We're on baseball reference. Uh, One of the big things we'll look at is war. Um, And then there's also some Hall of Fame statistics that it tracks. So it'll track black ink, which is how many times an individual stat. That could be literally anything. Like when you pull up, you know, a a stat on baseball reference. Something as big as like home runs that year or something as little as like defensive range. like, well, I don't know that that counts. I think it's it just in the traditional stats. No, because I, I went does. down there and it part of the black ink was for because that was one of the, my things for uh, one of the players getting in there. One of the players in the future is that he led the MLB in defensive range or a range huh. factor per nine innings as a right fielder. Damn. Okay, I I guess I never really lit, did look at standard fielding. I should have done a better job of that yesterday. But that's why we're professionals and we go back at this. So to be Black Ink, you have to lead all of your league that you played in, in that. And so Black Ink uh, will be different for pitchers. It'll be different for hitters. And, and we'll roll through it as we, as we blow through literally 30 names here. There's also Gray Ink, which means your top 10 um, in any of those. So it could be from like plate appearances to home runs to on base slugging. Um, 
what else? It could be intentional walks we'll get to when we talk about Barry Bonds. And then there's a Hall of Fame monitor, which is just a compilation of a lot of the stats and things um, or a summation of it. And it, it, it's like a formula and there's different ways it's calculated. I don't know all the math, but, you know, an average one's 100. And then there's Hall of Fame standards, which is another thing. I won't get into all the things behind it, but that baseball reference calculates. And that's another thing that there's four different key ones that kind of benchmark a Hall of Famer. And then there's also Jaws. And this takes a lot of war stuff into account. It'll take in like the average career war of a position player. So like, for example, Bobby Abreu has 60. um, Of course, I just scrolled up. Sorry. He has 60. Uh, where the hell did it go? I'm sorry. Uh, it just disappeared. There it is. He has 60.2 career war, but the average right fielder that's a Hall of Famer is 71.1. And then there's something called seven year peak war, which takes into account like how strong your, you know, a big thing about Hall of Famers is longevity. How long did you play in the league? Because you got to be like a top 10 player for like over 10 years, basically, to to even really get considered the people that get in. Um and right now, uh, seven-year peak war shows like your densest area. And so he generated 41.6 versus the average was 42.4. Uh, I can't remember the Jaws calculation, uh, but there's all that one take or leave. But there's also war per 162, which shows you how your average year, right? A lot of these guys play 15, 20 years. And so how potent were they throughout their career? Because that's a big thing for a Hall of Famer as well. And the average Hall of Famer that's a right fielder puts up 5.1 war over 162. That's their average, which is nuts. And he put up four, for example. So that that's another way to kind of get into this. Um, not to get too nitty gritty, but just to set some some ground rules of, of what make these people Hall of Famers. But rule of thumb for starters and just position players, when you get around 70 war, that's kind of when the, the conversation starts. 70, it, it, it starts popping off a little bit. Um, so yeah, Bobby Abreu, amazing player, silver slugger, one gold glove, uh, played for uh, 18 years, the majority with Philadelphia and then some New York and LA there towards the end. 60.2 war, man, 288 home runs, 400 stolen bases, um, 2,500 hits, career 870 OPS, uh, career 128 OPS plus. Hall of very, very, very good ball players. I mean, who wouldn't want this guy on your team? I mean, a career 395 OBP. I mean, like these are some serious numbers, but um, but yeah, just not he's in the hall of very, very good, but not quite a Hall of Famer. So um that is Bobby Abreu. And now that we set some ground rules, we're gonna get to an easy one, and that's gonna be Barry Bonds. Um, in my opinion the greatest baseball player ever. Um, You know, Babe Ruth never had to hit or go up against roided out crazy people that weren't just like plum, you know, union plumbers, uh, you know, during the week and at night they played baseball. Um, This, we got to go after the steroids obviously here and we have to recognize that. But my first argument would be that Barry Bonds put up a hall of fame career prior to any steroid usage, um, which, okay. You know, uh, that that helps you on the ethical side, even though it's it's frustrating that um, you, the part of me, the ethical part with with steroids and, and cheating the game. But at the same time, you don't put up these numbers on accident. You 
you don't you don't fuck around and just put up the most home runs in baseball history and the most walks and most intentional walks in, in right, baseball history on accident. You back? <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I just kept talking. I, I mean, I, I was running out of steam a little bit. Yeah. All right there. Yeah, my my headphones completely took a dump, so I had to go get my backup pair. Well, don't worry. Um, could you hear most of what I was saying at least? No, I had to mute it because... Oh. Yeah, you didn't want feedback. Yeah. Uh, I was just on Barry Bonds. We talked about, okay. we we moved on from Bobby Abreu, said how strong of a player he was. He, Hall of very, very, very good and really close, but just probably not enough. Yeah. Um, but I just said Barry Bonds, you know, is is the uh, is the goat, in my opinion. And and he was going to get in regardless. And I hate the ethics of it. Yeah. But, and, but it, it, it comes down to, uh, if you put... If you put Perry Bonds in, then there's some other guys on this list that we talk about that I think you have to put in at the same time. Um, Barry Bonds is the the best hitter baseball has ever seen, let alone, I mean, just the, I mean, 762 home runs speaks for itself. Yep. Steroids or not, it, it, it takes, you, you still have to be a talented baseball player to even hit that many home runs, whether you're juiced or not. Yeah, seven-time MVP, um, which might be the most ever, or close to it. It might be the most ever, I think. Eight gold gloves, 12 silver sluggers, two batting titles, three-time Major League Player of the Year, um, 162.7 war. Like, when you get it around 70, you're in 162.7. The most home runs in baseball history. A career 1.051 OPS in 22 years, a career 182 OPS plus, a career 607 slugging, and a career 444 OBP. Yep. A career 444 OBP. That's most players' best year of their entire life. He stole 514 bags. He had he actually didn't get to 3,000 hits. Surprisingly, he's just under. But I mean. You look at his page and it's just like baseball porn. It's kind of yeah. terrifying to look. You want to talk about black ink and italicized? You know, if you put up a one OPS, you're, you know, top 1% in the league that year. I think we had two players do it this year. In tw- 2004, he put up a 1422 OPS. A 362 batting average on its own is nuts. On its own, nuts. A 609 on base. He was on base almost 61% of the time. In yeah. 812 slugging. In 812 slugging, he averaged, when he did get a hit, he averaged over a triple. Because you think about 81%, you know, the mass- 81% of a home run. Yeah. And a triple obviously would be 75%. And so, like, his average hit when he did hit it, eight, a one. I just start sweating. Like when I start looking at these stats, I just get overwhelmed. And I look at them like once a week because they're just not real. He led the league that year with 232 walks. If you walk 100 times in a year, you're usually like top 10 in the league. And Juan Soto was keeping pace almost with on base towards the end of this year, right? With Barry Bonds for like three months. And I think he ended the year with, what'd you say, 145 walks, roughly? Uh, Juan Soto? Yeah, wasn't it like 145 this year? Uh, I think so. Something like that. Yeah, it was something close, just for reference, okay? 
And that is like elite, elite, holy shit, elite, just to be clear. Barry Bonds walked 232 times in 2004. And uh, what we say, 120 of them were intentional walks? Yep, I think it's the all-time record in baseball with 120 intentional walks that year. Nobody wanted to pitch to him. Nobody. Because if you did... Who would? He had an 8-12 slugging, so they just walked him. Like, it's absolutely nuts. Leads all of baseball in walks, intentional walks, and home runs in history of baseball. He is the greatest baseball player to ever play baseball, ever. In history, I'll die on that hill. And he would have gotten in even before the roids. You could see the clear line at, you know, at age 34, 35, the numbers start boosting back up like crazy. But I mean, he was a Hall of Famer prior to that. I mean, he stole 514 bags. It's it's just nuts. So I don't know. It is what it is. I just get I I mean, I put him in. You put him in, right? This Barry Bonds led Major League Baseball. 13 times, I think. Let me count again. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 13 times in intentional walks. The greatest, <laughs> literally the greatest player ever. I mean, just, it's nuts. I'll, I'll, I'll say just the, for, the, the greatest hitter of all time. I'll just say the greatest all-around player ever. Uh, eight gold gloves. While being not even close, the best yeah. the best hitter ever. Um, the dude's just a freak of nature. And just for shits and gigs, and then we got to keep it moving. But I mean, Barry Bonds is just the importance of him. He's on his last year. Uh, he needs a nice boost this year to get in. I think he was at like 60 last year. So he needs a nice boost. Probably won't happen. And that's a shame. Honestly, shame on the old time people that think this or that. When baseball, baseball knew steroids were happening. It saved baseball. Steroids saved baseball after the lockout in 1994 when they had the replacement players. We didn't have a World Series. We played a fraction of a season. It saved baseball. Yeah. It was not a secret. All the writers loved that shit. The people that are voting for it now loved baseball. They loved the home run chase of McGuire and Sosa. They loved Bonds hitting home runs left and right, hitting 73 home runs. The most ever, by the way, in a single season. Bonds has that record. They loved it. McGuire basically shot up at his locker in front of cameras before. Everybody knew this was going on. And then once it started becoming taboo or people started ratting and they thought they had a problem on their hands, then they flipped the script and it was like the worst thing ever. And oh my God, we got to come down on everybody and players are in Congress and all that shit. Like it saved baseball. It made baseball exciting again. And then they went along with it until they, every you know, it was suggested that they, you know, oh, it's a problem. And then they flipped on them like they did with sticky stuff. Same exact thing. Yeah. And we talked about this. It's a bunch of bullshit. And so those writers that love to write about all this stuff and admire them back in the day now are playing morality police and, you know, the gatekeepers and saying, oh, no, 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 no. How could you do that? How could you do that? Like, he's the greatest player ever. And you're shitting on the Hall of Fame if you don't put him in. So I'd be willing. Anyway. I'd be willing to put money down that he's not going to get in. Yeah. And it'll be a shame. So, anyway, go on to the next player before I get really pissed off. Yeah, I'm uh, already pissed off, actually. <laughs> next is Mike Burley. Um, Mark. Mark Burley, sorry. Uh, uh, pitcher, played for the White Sox, Toronto, and uh, what was that? Miami. Uh, most of his time was in Chicago. Again, just another uh, a hall. Of, neither of us have him getting in. Just another really good player. Um, yeah, he had a perfect game. Yeah. Four gold gloves, won the World Series in 2005. 
And this is a fun fact. He only played 16 years, and he rattled off... Sorry, 11, 12, 13, 14. So I didn't go ice, so I didn't go quiet, quiet. Sorry. He rattled off 14 years in a row of 200 plus innings. Yep. He 14 and, years in a row. In 16 in 16 years of playing baseball, he pitched 3283 and one third innings. That just a monster. The dude always was out there and being able to give the ball, but 59.1 uh war, career 381 ERA, career 128 whip. A very, very good pitcher and a very unique pitcher Two, and just the workhorse he was. 214 but, wins. Yeah. I mean, a hell of a pitcher, not a not a Hall of Famer, unfortunately. Nope. But yeah, he's got a uh the average Hall of Fame pitcher, and there are 66 starters, has 73. But even outside of that, just not enough domination in that time. Yeah. But hell of a player, man. Woo. All right. Now this so, next guy. Uh, yeah. We both I'll have, let you take the lead we, on we this We both one. have him getting in. Uh, Roger Clemens. The, yep. Basically utter, the equivalent of Barry Bonds to pitch. Yeah. The utter domination this dude had on all of baseball. For a 24 years, this dude played in Major League Baseball. 345 wins. Uh, how a lot many of wins? Yeah. And, and 24 years, 4,916 and two thirds innings pitched. <laughs> almost 5,000 innings. Yeah. Um, let's almost 4,700 strikeouts. 40, yeah. 4,672 strikeouts. Um, a 312 career ERA. Yeah, just and nuts. 139.2 war. 139.2 war. In he, 24 and 24 years, this is this only had 1580 walks. Which sounds like a lot, but pitching 24 years That's nuts. That that's a testament to the whip MVP seven Cy Youngs the most ever the, the leader the, all time the most the By most walks two, he ever gave up in one year was hundred and six seven Cy Youngs the most all time two triple crowns two seven ERA titles and a major league player of the year like yep. statistically I mean his whole screen is just black and italicized ink. And he, he shot up. He used steroids. He did. But I, it's just like you look at this and I on unless he used him his whole career and a lot of these people never tested positive. So it's tough. But like it's just you look at this and they're the greatest. Uh, he I feel like steroids became so prevalent in the mid to very late 90s. You know what I mean? Like 97 to yeah. 2000. And his numbers were still insane prior to that. He had some years where it started ticking up a little bit, but. I mean, he pitched till he's 44. He's just a monster. Yeah. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. The All the, like, the black ink, 100 versus an average of 40. Gray ink, 320 individual stack categories that he was top 10. The average Hall of Famer is 185. Hall of Fame monitor, 332. Likely Hall of Famers are 100. <laughs> like, yeah. He's, like, almost double the war of the average starting pitching Hall of Famer. He used steroids, but he's also one of the most prolific pitchers in history. And again, to keep him out is not telling, you know, the history of baseball. Yep. It's just like he's he's the equivalent of Barry Bonds to pitching. It's just insane. So anyway, we both have him in, right? 
Yep, we both have him getting in. All right. And then Carl Crawford's up next. We'll keep this one moving. Left fielder, 39.1 career war. Um, played most of his career with the Tampa Bay uh, Rays and Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Same team, but just it's funny. You can see the name switch in baseball reference in 2008. And then Boston and the Dodgers, great player. Uh, career 765 OPS, career 105 OPS plus, one gold glove. But that's just a very good player. That's not even the hall of very, very good. He's just yeah. a very good player. He'll drop off. I doubt he gets anywhere near 5%. Um, you know, you wouldn't be mad if he's on your team, but he's not a Hall of Famer. What's funny on Baseball Reference, if you look at the bottom where it has like his his total stats with uh, like teams, it mm-hmm. says that like it has it out of order. So when you said it, I was like, the fuck? But it goes off of <laughs> years played with a certain team. Oh, gotcha. you, see, you see what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it, it is screwy. I was like, you fucking crackhead. No, nope, yeah. I'm the crackhead. Like with his age? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. So right under his career totals, right? Okay. It says he played for Tampa Bay for nine years, the Dodgers for four years, and Boston for two years. But chronologically, he played for Tampa Bay, Boston, then the Dodgers. So they just had it. They have it going off of the order of the years they played at a certain team. So I, that's oh, what gotcha. I was looking at. And I was like, the this... It had just made my brain hurt. I'm still not following you 100%, but I'm mostly following you. Yeah. So Prince Fielder, uh, sorry, Carl Crawford, this is his first year, by the way. Yeah. Prince Fielder is up next. He's also a first year. Um, great player, uh, not a Hall of Famer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, injuries cut his career short. Yeah. Uh, 23.8 war, uh, 319 home runs in 12-year career. With a career 887 OPS and a 134 OPS plus. I mean, that's crazy the that he did that smacked. in that time. But he didn't add any defensive war yeah. uh, whatsoever. Uh, he was not a good first baseman or anything special. And that's a hard position to rack up uh, defensive war anyway. But even so, he's nowhere near close. But I mean, still uh, a heck of a ball player and somebody that people remember for a good reason. Yeah. So Prince Fielder, not, not in the hall. And definitely wouldn't fuck with him. He's a big motherfucker. Yeah, he's a big boy, man. (laughs) Uh, Um, Next is Todd Helton. I'll let you take Todd Helton because uh, you're the only one who's putting him in because I don't think he's going to get in. Yeah, so uh, it's not his first or last year. I think it's like his fifth just off the top of my head. Uh, Todd Helton, I I have him as a Hall of Famer. I absolutely believe he is. Colorado Rocky, his entire career, 17 years, never played for another team. Career 70, or I'm sorry, excuse me, career 61.8 war at first base, three gold gloves, four silver sluggers, and a batting title. Um, you know, you got the Coors effect, right, where the ball flies out of there a little bit. But man, a career 953 OPS. That's nuts. A career OPS plus of 133. So even with the Coors effect, Coors effect, excuse me, um, Accounted for 133 plus 369 home runs. Uh, He's just a monster. What I really like about him is, so we go down to the the Hall of Fame stats. He's got 16 black ink versus 27. So he's a little low on black ink. Black ink is one of the weaker ones, though. Like, it's not always perfect. Gray ink, 143 versus 144. So a little bit below there, but I mean, basically there. Hall of Fame monitor. 
175 likely Hall of Famers are at 100, so he's doing great in that category. Hall of Fame standards, batting, 59. Average Hall of Famer, 50. So he's above on that. And he is ranked, um, there are 22 first baseman uh, Hall of Famers in history. Their average war is 66. He's at 61.8, so he's a little low. Peak war, though, 46.6 is above the average Hall of Famer. And 4.5 war over 162 is half a war per season lower than the average. Uh, I don't know. Now I come back to this, even though we ran through this yesterday. And he is below on the war. But man, what a player. I think 953 OPS. He's just, damn. He's just one of those very good baseball players that I just don't think are good enough to get in. Yeah. He hits he hit 592 career doubles. God. It wasn't all just home runs with him. I mean, you don't accidentally end up with a 953 career OPS. Yeah. That is a that's an insane number. It is. But and three gold gloves. I I think by the 10th year he'll get in. That's I mean, he's not a like punch your absolute ballot. But like I do think by the 10th time he'll be in and I do rank him as a I'll home be player. honest, the his numbers are there, but I, I I think what's gonna honestly be his downfall at the end of the day is just Todd Helton's not a household name. Like people know who Todd Helton is, but if you were to go up to a casual casual fan and be like, Do you know who Barry Bond or just like a person be like, You know who Barry Bonds is, they're gonna say yes. If you say, Do you know who Todd Helton is? You know what I mean? Uh People just yeah, but a, that's lot, not, a lot of people just don't know who Todd Helton is, so I think that's going to hurt him at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't know. I I think he is. I think he's like a tenth year guy. It's going to take him a little while to get in, but he'll get in. All right, you're up next with uh, first year Ryan Howard. Yeah, uh, I mean Ryan Howard had a four or five year stretch with Philly where he was a monster and then he got hurt and literally fell off the face of the earth. Um, it won rookie of the year, won a world series. Um, I'm going off the top of my head right now. Cause I'm waiting for baseball reference to load, but it doesn't like, yeah. 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 MVP rookie of the year, silver slugger, a major league player of the year, but even in, 13 years, only 14.7 war. He was not a good defensive first baseman. He had 382 home runs because the first couple of years of his career, he was smacking 58, 47, 48, 45. I mean, there's some great yeah. to get to 382 home runs, but then the back half of his career is just ass. I mean, his average war per 162, again, which I think shows you how potent they were over their career, 1.5. Yeah. Not it, man. So, not going to spend too much time on. I him. like Ryan Howard a lot. He was really good in those subway commercials in the late two thousands. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. So up next, uh, I don't. He won't even be on the ballot next year. I don't think so. So up next is Tim Hudson, um, and this is not his first year or anything. Hell of a ball player. He needs to be in the Hall of Very, very, very good. Uh, 57.9 career war, 222 wins, uh, 3,126 innings pitched, 2,080 strikeouts, career 1239 whip, 
career 3-4-9 ERA. Uh, played with Atlanta for the majority of his career. Eh, Oakland there for a little bit too, but going to be known for Atlanta and then the Giants at the end. I mean, again, hell of a ball player, but uh, just not enough. Not on the war, yeah. not enough wins. And at there, he doesn't, on black ink, gray ink, monitor, or standards, none of them, does he... Does he show up yep. next to average and, hall and of famers neither of us have him getting in uh like you said hall of very good baseball players just not good enough to get into the hall of fame yeah so tory hunter is up next and uh yeah i mean hell of a ball player yeah. man nine gold gloves uh center fielder played the majority of his career with the twins and then um L.A. there for a hot second, longer than you'd think there. Yeah. What, six years? Five years? And then Detroit, and then back to Minnesota to finish it off. But 50.7 war, 793 OPS, 110 OPS plus, 353 home runs, 195 bags. Again, nine gold gloves. And we'll get into an argument here soon about defense on top of, you know, what kind of pushes it over. But he's still just not close enough. I on, think that uh, I think that if there's a, a weaker ballot, here in a couple years, I think that he gets on. I think he'll get in. Um, yeah, but it takes you got to build up steam to get in. Like I, even if it takes them eight years, you still got to like people have to believe because you don't have to vote for anybody. There are people yeah. that are cute that say you can vote up to ten. You can vote zero through ten. Like you pick. I, yeah. He's not going to get in. He's twenty-one WAR below the average center fielder hall of famer yeah there's only 19 in history and you got to ask yourself is he within the top 20 ever and the answer is no you know what i mean it's it's that simple top He's, 20 center fielders ever of ever yeah and the answer is no i'm not gonna sit here and try to think of 19 center fielders better than tory hunter no i know well, by by Jaws, which is one of the like, it really yeah. takes war into account. He's the thirty sixth, right? Like, or whatever. What sucks is this is just where we're at now. But like, just analytics aren't everything. At a certain point, there there's stuff to a baseball player that analytics can't pick up on. Yeah, like nine gold gloves, which yeah. it can try, but it's never going to be fully. Like given the respect that that should, and and something has to. I think at a certain point, Tory Hunter was the face of Minnesota for a long time, a long, mm-hmm. long time, and, and I think that weighs into some of these guys getting in or out. This dude was the face of Minnesota's franchise. Yeah, and, but then he also went on and played five years with you know L.A. and then a couple years there with Detroit too. But you, but I get what you're but saying. Think of Tory Hunter. What do you picture? Yeah, no, he's a twin. But I would also like to say that Todd Helton literally never put on another uniform and also has better stats. And you were like, yeah, but who knows? Who knows? You know, who knows? Yeah, but uh, I don't Todd think Helton. Todd Helton was ever the face of Colorado's franchise. I don't know. For a while there he was, man. Todd Helton? Dude, he's going to get in. It's going to take him nine or ten years, but I, I truly believe he'll get in. But I get what you're saying. Again, Hall of very, very good players for Tory Hunter, but just not enough. I think he'll get in, not on this ballot, but on in the future i think he'll get in Nah, i I don't know that he'll ever get above 50 percent. even i'll be really specific on what i think we'll see um but neither of us had him regardless so andrew jones into the second column here uh what we're looking at center fielder for the braves 10 time gold glove a silver slugger 
uh, 62.7 career war. So you want to talk about somebody, right? He's got two more gold gloves at the same position in like 10, 12 more war than Torrey Hunter. 434 home runs, a career 823 OPS, and a career 111 OPS plus. That's what kills him there at the end is... You know, those are re- that's a really good ball player, yeah. but a career 111 OPS plus being 11% better than the average, you know, major leaguer ain't going to do it. Um, and this one's tough. Black Ink, he's not there. He's really not there on Gray Ink either. That one's not good. Hall of Fame monitor, he's 109 versus 100 for the av- likely Hall of Famers. Hall of Fame standards, 34 versus 50 for the average. That's not good. He's about eight. Just under nine, eight point nine WAR below the average center field Hall of Famer. His peak WAR is good. He's above the average Hall of Famer, but he's below on WAR per one sixty two. It's just tough because I mean, damn, to put up sixty two point seven career WAR, ten Gold Gloves at a premium position, four hundred plus home runs, but you know the ball don't lie. Two fifty four average, which averages in everything, a career three thirty seven OBP. It's just the, the OPS isn't there. Yeah. The, the bat wasn't. If he's 850 to 870 OPS, he's in. Like, he's, he's absolutely in. But, I don't know. You agree? Yeah, I don't think he's getting in. Um, but he is in the hall, to be clear. Not of good, like, he's in the actual hall of very, very, yeah. very good players. Everyone like, on this definition. list is a, is a really good baseball player. Obviously, you have to be top, top Two percent of the top two percent of baseball players in the world to even make it onto yeah. the, this list. Yeah, yes and no. I don't know about that. I'd say top like ten percent of players that played a certain amount will make it onto the ballot. That that's saying for for Bro, Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard is not in. <laughs> he had like three years where he was, but he's going to be lost in baseball history. Like he's a fun stat. Yeah, I mean, but still to even be on this list, like you're you're in the you're in a fraction of a percentage of best baseball players in the world. No, I mean it's still impressive, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, you know, it is what it is. Um all right, so who's up next? Jeff Kent? Yes. Second baseman, third baseman and first baseman in his career for uh played the majority of his career uh, he's a little everywhere, but I guess the Giants. He was on Cleveland for 39 games in 1996. Fun bar trivia. <laughs> Played for a bunch of teams. Yeah, uh, He has an MVP, four silver sluggers, 55.5 career war, 377, 377 home runs, excuse me. A career 855 OPS, career 123 OPS plus. So getting getting closer there, but uh, it's just not enough. He's, you know, you don't have stolen is... bases. A career utility man, and the numbers show that he's that. That's what he was. I mean, he he's your stereotypical utility guy. Played all over the yeah. infield, um, but I just his, his numbers are great. But I don't think that they're good enough for him to get in. To be clear, he played two thousand and thirty four of his twenty three hundred games at second base. So he's a second baseman. <laughs> so. Of second baseman, the average Hall of Famer, and there are, um, there are, God, they sneak the Hall of Fame stuff at like this little point, and I always skip over it. Uh, there are 20 second base Hall of Famers. 
Their average war is 69.7. So he's 14.2 below that. His seven-year peak war is below it. His war per 162. A very, very good ball player. Not a Hall of Famer, yep. unfortunately. All right. You got the next one? Next up is uh, Tim Lincecum. Let me pull it up now. My computer is not happy with me. No, you're good. So uh, two-time Cy Young. Three World Series, but you know that doesn't really get... You know, we we all know he's from the Giants, and then he pitches last year with the Angels, which yeah. I didn't know that. Fun fact. Ten-year career, he fell off hard. He's kind of like, the, I think he got hurt, didn't he? And he just, like, his whole career got derailed. He uh, he came onto the scene and was the dude. His, you know, second season in the league, he wins Cy Young. He ha- goes 18-5 and five with 265 strikeouts. Pitched 277 okay. innings that year. 227. Or yeah, two twenty seven. The text is two six two yeah, two sixty two ERA. And then the next year he comes back and he repeats with a Cy Young again. So he went back to back, fifteen and seven, two four eight ERA, four complete games, two complete game shutouts, two hundred and twenty five innings, two hundred and sixty one strikeouts, you know, a one oh four whip. I mean, he was even better the he, next year. He led the the league three years in a row in strikeouts. He's a monster. Um but then long not the there next, for him to get in. Yeah, next two seasons, he had great seasons. And then after that, out of nowhere, he led the league in losses. 5180 RA, 437, 474, 413. And then he starts nine games in 2016 to a 916 RA and hangs him up. So three worlds, he's got three rings. He's an amazing story with that that Giants team and back to back Cy Youngs. But you want to talk about a flash and a pan, man. Jeez, on and then gone. Yeah, like nowhere near a Hall of Famer. Hell of a ball player, though. So that's his first year, and I don't believe that he'll make it on to the second year. Yeah. He might, but I, he, I, he's not ever going to end up. I think the two, the back-to-back Cy Youngs will get him at least onto the next ballot, but I don't think he's going to get in. Yeah, I think he's gone after a few years. Up next so. is Justin Morneau. Uh, his first year. Yep, first baseman from uh, – played majority of the year with the Twins, uh, then – Colorado, Pittsburgh, and the White Sox. Um, I think of him as a twin. Like yeah. Justin Morneau is a twin. Yeah, 100%. Uh, he's just like Torrey Hunter for me. Like You, you picture him as a twin. Uh, played 14 years, uh, 247 home runs, nothing to, to really gawk about, but a uh, career 281 batting average, uh, 348 OBP, 481 slugging. And a uh, career eight twenty eight OPS. Yeah, I mean, good player, nowhere near Hall of Famer. Yeah, only twenty seven WAR. I mean, it's not even worth going on much farther. Good player, nowhere near a Hall of Famer. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it to next year either. So he's first year, and then next up is another uh, twin or someone mostly felt to be a Minnesota twin, kind of the middle of their career where they really popped off. Joe Nathan. Yeah. Played uh, majority was, of his career with the Twins. Uh, yeah. Of a healthy part. It's kind of tough. 16 years. This is the first reliever we're seeing, and this is tough. 26.7 more, but for a reliever, again, it, it, the rules are a little different, and we're going to have to get into that um, because there is one that we're both in on getting in. Um, 287 ERA in a career 923 innings. With 377 saves to a 1-1-2 whip. Hell of a ball player. Yeah. 
Um, but three hundred you know, you seventy-seven gr- saves. Jesus Christ, that is a lot of saves. <laughs> now there are only eight relief pitchers in baseball history that have ever made it into the hall. And their average career war is 39.1. He's at 26.7. Yeah. Now, I do bet that Mariano Rivera, which just isn't even fair, probably weighs that down a lot. Yeah. He that, had... uh, that... Actually, you'd be surprised. He's number two all time. Dennis Eckersley has the most war. Oh, man. I thought you were going to say, what's the guy's name? Bobby Fingers? No. So that's what's funny when we talk about people that shouldn't get in. Roly Fingers Rolly had Fingers. 25 war. He would never get in. Was, Trevor Hoffman had. Tw- I was had really hoping Rolly Fingers was going to be number one. I know, right? Trevor Hoffman had twenty eight, and there's an award, you know, named after him. There were more people that had, you know, Lee Smith twenty eight point nine, and then you get up into Rich Gasage forty one point two, Hoyt Wilhelm forty six point eight, Mariano Rivera fifty six point three, Dennis Eckersley sixty two point one. So it's kind of tough because you got those four guys really skewing that average up. Yeah, but like Trevor Hoffman is a Hall of Famer, and he's at twenty eight WAR. You know, and that's kind of where I would draw the line a little bit is right around that Trevor Hoffman, you know, but he also had, God damn it, Trevor Hoffman saved 601 games. (laughs) What the the fuck? Like, you know, where do you, where do you draw that line to? I will say, if if I remember right, Trevor Hoffman was a true closer for a majority of his career as to where with uh, Joe Nathan, he was more of. For a lot of his career, like a not a long relief guy, but like a middle relief relief guy, yeah. not a not a true closer. For me, though, the numbers are still, and when you look at other ones, he's not enough yeah. to get in for me. Uh, but uh, man, that, it that's is, what's, it's tough. That's what sucks about being a reliever. Like a good reliever is going to get paid, and you're gonna you're gonna be a, a vital guy to a team. But in order to get into the Hall of Fame as a reliever, there's just so many different types of relievers. You have like your your long relievers when a when a guy doesn't go enough. Then you have like high leverage guys that you bring in in seven, eight, and then you have your true closer in nine, and or you have middle relief guys that you just bring in to bridge a gap. There's there's yeah. so many different types of relievers that it's hard to compare one against another. Well, it's so hard to like you have to be insane to like be prolific enough. Like I mean, Mariana you want to talk Rivera. about the, yeah, like you have to be the best of the best. You want to talk about probably one of the hardest things, like positions to get in is probably like relief pitchers. Just, you know, how long is the league like, going to let you stay around? It yeah. can, you know, you're given a short window to operate in. And then like during that time, you basically have to be perfect every year for 15 years to maybe be considered. It's like an impossible task yeah. to have somebody. You know what I mean? It's so tough. If someone, I mean, if you, they, relievers, you probably have the best chance to be able to see the major leagues, to be able to get up yeah. there and play and be around for a while, especially if you're a lefty. Yeah, you know. But but in order to be like uh, a guy and to be up here on a list like this, it's hard. Yeah. So and if if they put him in, I wouldn't be mad. No. Like I I get it. Joe, I do. Joe Nathan one is people. one of the greatest relievers of all time. He'll go down as one of the greatest relievers of all time, but I just don't think he's going to get in because it's so hard for these guys to get the recognition they deserve. And this is his first year and I think we'll see him. Yeah. So another first year here. They got a lot of first years on this ballot. David Ortiz, Poppy, Big Poppy. But we don't need to spend too much time on discussing it. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, we both had him in. Um, you know, 
he's a DH first and foremost, uh, three-time World Series champion, seven Silver Sluggers, ALCS MVP, World Series MVP, 55.3 career war. And that's important to remember because technically against first baseman, right, he's below the average war. But he's not a first he's baseman. Not a, he was a DH. Yeah. And what he set out to do, he hit 541 career home runs. He has a career 931 OPS, a career 141 and OPS on, plus. On top of all these numbers and everything that we're talking about right now, David Ortiz is the type of player that you want to idolize. Like just the type of person he is, the type, the way that he approached the game. The, his mentality yeah, that you want to put in the hall exactly david ortiz embodies all of that yeah and black ink 25 versus 27 for an average and great you, you, you have to remember there's no chance for him to lead any defensive stats so all 20 yeah, he put up pure 50 feet 50 excuse 50 feet 55 career offensive war yeah period <laughs> like 161 gray ink versus 144 Hall of Fame monitor 171 versus a likely Hall of Famer of 100 and again Hall of Fame st- no defensive numbers go into that yeah Hall of Fame standards 55 versus an average of 50 he's 11 war below an average first baseman Hall of Famer and they're only 22 in history every time we go over how many of each position there are it just makes you think fuck me how how difficult it is you gotta be to get in and his average war per 162 in peak war isn't at the same level, but he has no defensive war whatsoever. Here's, he is, now, here, he embodies a, everything about a Hall of Fame. Here's, he, he is. Here's a topic that we could debate, and I mean, we're, we're coming up on talking for a minute. But I know. Should there be a, not position, but David Ortiz. A DH Hall of Fame? Yes. David, yeah, absolutely. David Ortiz shouldn't be compared to a first baseman. Yes, on- he played 278 games there in his whole career, and he played 2,028 at yeah. DH. <laughs> like, like that, come on, like you can't compare because on that list you have people like Jim Tomey, Mark McGuire, yeah. like like first baseman. Yes, like, <laughs> like people that played first baseman every day. Yeah, and you're comparing someone who played what you say 27 games. Uh, two hundred and seventy-eight. Yeah. So uh, not even a season and a, a season and a half. Yeah. So a little more than a season and a half in his twenty-year career. Not fair. Like, come on, that's not fair. Yeah. Um. So it is what it is. I, he he's is all famer, and we're gonna get rid. Oh yeah, he's in, and we're gonna get rid of the uh, pitcher batting anyway. So they need to eventually move to that yeah. DH. And there's people like Nelson Cruz and him and like that need to be considered in that role for what they brought. They're yeah. just monsters. Um, uh, so he's first year. He'll get in eventually. If not, this I year. think he I might think, get in. I think he's getting in. I think he's first ballot. Yeah. If not, it'll be in the next year or two. Yeah. Next up, Jonathan Papelbon. This will be easy. We'll keep it moving. Uh, pitcher for Boston. Uh, six-time All-Star, which means nothing, but just to give you some accolades, 2007 another, World Series champion. Another really good baseball player. That's not going to twenty-three get point, yeah, twenty-three point three WAR. Um, you know, he has three hundred sixty-eight saves under his belt. Um, he's a reliever, not a. Yeah. Why did I think he was a starter? Excuse me. Twenty-three point three WAR, two four four ERA, three hundred sixty-eight saves, eight hundred eight strikeouts. 
104 whip, which is this, really this impressive. guy was Andrew Miller before Andrew Miller was Andrew Miller. Yeah, not as many strikeouts, only like 10 strikeouts per nine. So not not as heavy on the strikeouts, which is probably why he didn't. But yeah, he man, he was really good. He just didn't have the longevity. Only twelve years. Jonathan that's Papelbaum what it is. is another one of those guys that it, the you think about when you think about the mid two thousands to like early two thousand ten, like the the heart of the Red Sox Yankees rivalry. Yeah. Right. With like the David Ortiz, the Derek Jeters, the A-Rod. Like when you think of that, Jonathan Papelbaum, Joe Nathan, Kurt Schilling. Papelbon. Pa- yeah. Isn't that what I said? Uh, you keep Papelbon. saying bomb. Papelbon. Papelbon. Uh, like those are guys that you think about. And that that was baseball. Like the when the Red Sox and Yankees played, everyone watched it because the there was there was pure hatred for each other, like when they were playing. Yeah, so that's spicy. When when why did I think he was a starter? When when you saw someone like a a Jonathan Papelbon come in, that's you. When you think of that, that's what you think of, and that that those series were iconic. They were, and he's a hell of a pitcher. But yeah, I mean, we talked about relievers and where they fall in war, and he's you know that twenty seven, twenty five and up, twenty seven and up is where it starts getting. Maybe, you know, when you look at the stats and he's just nowhere near that at like yeah. 20, 2021. 20, um, Jake Peavy's up next, uh, pitcher for the Padres, most notably. He was all over the league, pitched uh, 15 years. Listen, great player. Cy Young, Triple Crown, two-time World Series champion, gold glove, two-time ERA title. Yeah. I mean, how's that for uh, putting that on your, you know, your mantle? This is his first year as well for consideration. 39.2 war. I mean, that's almost... 40 below, you know, almost half, uh, basically half of kind of where you need to be. 152 wins, 363 ERA. Um, Again, another guy that's strikeouts. really good, but just not going to get in. Just just doesn't have, yeah. doesn't have that. I mean, oh. you have to be the best of the very, very best. You know what I mean? And he just nowhere near on the war. Yeah. Doesn't get close on, on anything. Doesn't touch it. So hell of a ball player. I mean, he won't go in the hall, but he's always going to have a Cy Young, which puts him in history. And, and a triple rings. crown. Two rings and a triple crown. Holy shit. I mean, hell of a and thing. But so yeah, just- I want to I say something. I guarantee if you were to ask, if you were to get all 30 of these players in a room and ask them if they'd rather be a Hall of Fame baseball player or have World Series rings, I, I guarantee 98% of them would say World Series rings. Yeah, that's true. But man, the Hall of Fame forever. Oh, true. And it's just too but di- nothing, yeah. No one will ever take a World Series ring away from you. When every baseball player, right, with, with, at the beginning of the season, you don't think, like when at the beginning of your career, beginning of your season, you don't think, I want to set out to be a Hall of Fame baseball player. You think, yeah. I want to win a World Series. I, I want to win a World yeah. Series. That No one will be, ever take that away from you forever. Yeah, true. That's fair. Um. I'm with you. Like, you imagine you get you a man that can do both, though. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm a, not saying they poppy. don't want to be Hall of Fame baseball players, right? No, I know. It's just like you never set out to do that. Yeah. You, you set out to do the best for your team. And the best thing that you can do for your team is produce and try to win a World Series. Yeah. Which brings us to an interesting thing Andy Pettit, uh, starter for the Yankees, five time World Series champion. So he has to, even on his thumb, yep. he's got a ring, man. Holy shit. Yeah. 
60.2 career war. This is a tough this one. This is the Neither guy on my original yeah. list. I had him getting in. I had Andy Pettin in, or Andy Pettit getting in. And when we did our little accidental trial run yesterday, uh, I took him off my list. And he's a stone's throw away from getting in, I think. I just don't think he has quite the numbers to get in. But yeah, the oomph to get over again. It's part of that. Those New York teams that were just and he did get popped dominant. Yeah, he got popped with steroids, too. Yeah. And so, like, for me, and we'll talk about this, you need to be in no matter what. Right. Not fringe and get popped with steroids. You know what I mean? Like not to, you know, this way or that way. But like you need to be in if you got popped with them and he's at 60.2 war which is a hell of a career but the average again is what i say 79 for a starter 73 for a starting pitcher and there are 66 in the hall 256 wins you usually like to get close to that 300 right 385 era that's not it's not amazing you know uh not that era is everything but you know it is important 3,316 innings, almost 2,500 strikeouts, 135 whip. That's pretty high. 26 complete games. Yeah. But he's just a dog. He's kind of like a more, he's got more longevity than Mark Burley did. He pitched 18 years, but he's kind of the same. He's just a workhorse, you know, a career ERA plus, right? Which just for ballpark factor for set 117. So, you know, a 3.85 ERA and a 117 ERA plus, a 17% average, you know, better yeah. above average pitcher isn't a Hall of Famer. Like, he's got a lot of stats, but like, he didn't hit 300 wins. He didn't hit 3,000 strikeouts. It's just, and he was a hell of a postseason pitcher. He pitched 276 innings in the, in the playoffs in his yeah. career to a 3.81 ERA. So, how's that? You you put in a season, season and a half, or you know the old time like a dog of a season across your career in October to a three eight one ERA, and you rack up how many wins did he get? He won nineteen games in the playoffs. Like how's that for? Yeah, you know you you add that in, even though I don't believe I don't believe you can count anything from the playoffs. So that war doesn't exist. But he's just which is crazy that that. It is because it's like when you add in the playoffs, you got to take that into account, right? Like there, it's there, not there has, war, there has but, to be a clutch factor. Yeah. Or just the fact that he pitched more than a season's worth of innings in the playoffs. Yeah. Like you need to add in a whole nother season. So maybe he gets four more war, but that still doesn't put him in. I he's again, he got popped. So it's fringe and he got popped with steroids. That's not going to be enough for me. So neither of us have him in. Yeah. Uh, Moving along, AJ Przinsky. This is a quick one. Great player, 2005 World Series champion, yeah, a, catcher for a, the White Sox. Another guy that I, it was you hear me talk about Yadier Molina all the time, but AJ Przinsky, Yadier Molina, Ivan Rodriguez. Those guys are these are guys that I idolized as catchers growing up. Um, watching AJ Przinsky play the the Tribe was it 19 times a year yeah. or something like that? Yeah, where yeah. He was a guy that I watched all the time, and uh, it's hard for me not to give him a vote because it is someone that I looked up to so much. But, yeah, numbers aren't there. Great catcher, Hall of very, very good baseball players, but just not going to get in. Yeah. Um, 
and you know a dude but career 94 ops plus and i mean it's a catcher right it's so tough and but 23.8 career war 19 seasons but just not not enough and man it is tough to get in as a catcher there are only uh 16 in history but their average war is 53.7 you know he's well well below half yeah but good good guy you know uh he probably won't make it to next year i don't see a world so let's go on to Manny Ramirez. Then we're on to the final thing here. and We're trying to keep it as close to an hour and a half as possible. Um, and we'll probably go a little bit over that. Um, but I have Manny Ramirez getting in. So personally. do I. I, I. I don't know how you, he got popped. Did he get popped twice? Can you Google that? How many times Manny got into my, co- my laptop might explode, but I will try. Okay. You try your best. So here's what's tough. You know, we talk about some of the players that, operated in the steroid era right when it didn't get cracked down and then there was the crackdown right manny got popped after that so morality wise you're gonna see me use this argument a little bit so i'm gonna talk out of both sides of my mouth but i mean manny's a dog man two-time world series champion nine-time silver slugger uh, a world series mvp a batting title 69.3 career war 555 home runs uh career 996 ops i just want one more time a career 996 ops almost a one daughter like okay a 154 OPS plus over his career, the average, just his average, 54% better than the average player. Now, no defense it was whatsoever. All, it was only he, once. He, only once he got popped, but he, he got, did get popped after. He got suspended a again. bunch for doing dumb shit. Yeah, that's true too. And some, you know, he's he's a goon, but or just a clown. But, you know, left field. By war, he's ranked as the 10th, uh, I believe by war, he's ranked as the, oh, let me sort this here if it works. By war, he's the 8th best uh, eighth best uh, left fielder in history. And everybody above him, except Barry Bonds is number one, above Ted Williams. Fun fact, Barry Bonds has 40.6 more war than Ted Williams. <laughs> you guys ever heard of Ted Williams? 40 more war, but whatever. Whoops. Everybody above him, other than Pete Rose and Barry Bonds, literally everybody sandwiched above him and underneath him, Paul, is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So, like, how do you not put this guy in when you just look at these names? Like, Manny's eight, and it goes all the way down to about number 21. There's a few people that didn't get in, but for the most part, the top 21 are in. And uh, Manny's eight, just to be clear. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how you don't put that guy in. Uh, a 996 OPS. Jesus Christ. Again, no defense, but he didn't need it because basically he probably had some negative war from <laughs> how bad his defense was. Yeah. Black ink, 21 versus 27 average. 154 gray ink versus 144. Hall of Fame monitor, 226 versus a likely Hall of Famer at 100. Hall of Fame standard, 69. Nice. Versus 50. He's four four war above the average left fielder. Um, he's above the average Hall of Famer in War per one sixty two. He was a problem his whole career. Yeah, like uh, it's just fun fact. I have Manny Ramirez's Indians rookie card, which you should hold on to because if they do let him in, and we'll see if it happens, it's going to be worth a uh, lot of money. Yep. All right, you go on the next one because this is where. So I have we both have Manny going in. Yep. And then this is one we're going to disagree. This, and so we're you... we're going to have a little bit of a debate on this one and one later. Um, true. 
Alex Rodriguez. First year. First, this year. first yeah, this is his first year. Uh I think that if you think Barry Bonds should get in, I think you have to put A Rod in. Yeah. Uh, stati- I understand the argument. Statistically, Alex Rodriguez is one of the baseball players, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Uh, yep. Played 22 years, 2,784 games, um, 12,207 plate appearances, uh, 3,115 hits. 696 home runs, 2,086 RBIs, career 295 average, 380 OBP, 550 slugging, a 930 OPS, and a 140 OPS plus. Three MVPs, two-time gold glove, one World Series, 10 silver sluggers, a batting title, three Major League Player of the Year. And you left out the number one thing, 117.5 war. Yeah. Uh, the triple digit club is a very, very rare club. It basically would make you immediately. I mean, it does like you're immediately. And so all and uh, went from playing shortstop growing up playing shortstop to transitioning to playing third base. Well, third base, and then he transitioned to shortstop. Now it was the other way around. Said. Was it? Yes. When he went to New York, he started playing third. In Seattle and Texas, he played short, and then he when he. Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm. Wait. He went from a shortstop to a third baseman, yes. right? You're right. Sorry. I got hung up. I was thinking the other way around. Which is a completely different mindset and completely. Yeah. It's usually the. Ex- well, that's usually what happens. Well, the, usually, usually you, you lose third base. You lose your arm or whatever, and then you shift to third base. You need more of an arm to play third than you do short. Well. Yeah, but the the mobility, sorry, the mobility piece of short. Like when you get a little bit older, a little bit slower, you usually shift over from short to third. Yeah, I mean, I would say more so you shift from short to second, but third base is a, third base is a tough position to play. Yeah, it is. I would debate that it's behind catcher the hardest position to play on a baseball field. What is it? Short or third? Third. Nah, short. Your shortstops, short. your shortstops are the most athletic, and they have the most range to cover. But you, when you play shortstop, you don't get a ball coming 110 miles per hour at you. That's at, true. At, but at all third base, considered. you do. And the fact that you have you have little or ground to cover, but it's just as difficult to make a play at third base than it is to make a play at shortstop. And the ball's coming at you debatably twice as hard because with righties yeah with righties turning on a ball shorts no other position has to deal with that yeah i agree but like the range and the number of balls you see and how many plays you have to make it short it's i mean it's weighted like statistically that it goes catcher shortstop and then i think center fielder in order of like defensive importance if you could have a 100 importance and difficulty two different things yeah, that's true. But I've, I'm i not, I want to acknowledge that. But I still, if you could have a 100 defense shortstop or a 100 defense third baseman, I'd pick a 100 defense. Like 100. That's not what I'm shortstop. arguing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's harder to go from playing shortstop to playing third base than it is from going to playing third base to shortstop. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I get what you're saying. 
but I mean, traditionally people slide over from short that just, just to be clear, that does happen. Like when your mobility goes down, they'll slide you over for a younger, more athletic person. But so let's, let's get into the argument. So part of it's bias. I want to write up front. Uh, I just fucking hate A-Rod. The dude's sure. uh, just an alien and statistically is one of the greatest players ever. Here's my problem with him. I truly believe he used steroids his entire career. He got popped three times, not once, not twice, three times. He missed an entire season in what, 2014? Because the asshole got popped for the third time in his career. Yeah, 2014, didn't play a single game. Um, and with other players, it like with, and he mostly got popped after. And I believe the most prolific part of you know, his career when he's in the league, like he was, you know, he started 94. And so he was there in the height of steroids. But then after that, after the, the, um, the, uh, crackdown yeah. happened, he still got popped two more times, I believe, if not all three after that. And it's just like the whole career's tainted. Here's, here's my, like the, here's the whole my one is, argument will be, and it's what's to say that a Rod McGuire, Ramirez, these guys that popped during the before the crackdown wouldn't have popped three times. The the they made a Rod the poster child of it because that's when they started doing their crackdown. Yeah, and it's it's I I don't want to say it's not fair because he's still an adult. He still made a conscious decision to do it and what to cheat the game three times, and that's only the but, times he got caught. But here's the thing, Barry Bonds. If they, if he would have been there during the crackdown phase of it, probably would have gotten caught three times. Probably would have popped three. But times. I truly don't believe that Barry, who never got popped, because but let's be honest, he was using. Steroids. That's not that's like, not, not gonna... that's not fair to say because they weren't testing for it. No, I know, but I'm saying he he got. I know he was using. Yeah, them. you can see the numbers. But in my heart, and I can't prove it, I don't believe he was using them until like ninety seven, ninety eight. Like I don't, I don't, I don't believe there was a reason. You could see roided out Barry. No thirty-five-year-old suddenly looks like, you know, they look. You could see the the roid looks. You and I both like to work out. You can tell when someone's on like hard steroids. You, you, there's a yeah. look to it. You could tell when these guys were juicing. Like, but and here's the thing. I, again. I'm not. I'm not going to die on the hill. I get it. I know I'm being biased, That's but the, I want to my be clear about why it's it's not. If you're going to put one person in on steroids, you you can't pick and choose like, oh, this guy did steroids more than this guy, so we're going to put this guy in when you can't prove yeah. that. Yeah. I think you can see it in some of the numbers and when the league – like Barry played a large part of his career before steroids entered the league. Like they just – they weren't around or they weren't prolific. In, sure. I, just because I, they weren't I, I prolific doesn't mean wrong. they weren't using it. I know. And, and, the, and the reason people start using steroids isn't to become better at baseball. That's not the reason people start using steroids. People start using because they're old. Well, like Barry not, was like 34. Not only that, it, it's people start using steroids because it helps you recover from injuries faster. It helps muscles generate faster. Yeah. It, it helps yeah. all these things. You, you get to play more baseball. That's why people start doing it. And then you start seeing yeah. these results because you're getting stronger and you start seeing all these things and you get you get hooked. So yeah. the, the if you put one person in on steroids, right? I think that you have to say, okay, steroids were a thing. We we know that they were a thing. We know we cracked down on them. We're past that point in baseball now. 
it was something that happened. We got to let some of these people in because they were still all-time great baseball players. Alex Rodriguez is an all-time great baseball player. Oh, he is. Yeah. I mean, he had uh, literally 117 career war. I mean, it makes me want to throw up. But the fact he got popped that many times, I just think you should be banned from the game on it, the third time. Like, I, I think you should be banned. That the you're you're If you're letting Barry Bonds in and if you're going to let Manny Ramirez in, which so you're telling me that you think Manny Ramirez, who also tested positive for steroids, after, after specifically, and that's a good argument that I said he should get an aft, and he got popped after the lock, the crackdown happened. So, so did Alex I, Rodriguez. No, I know that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like my, I, I'm like saying yeah. that I know I'm being a so, little inconsistent. So, I wanna, so Manu, if you're you're saying you think Manny Ramirez is a better baseball player than Alex Rodriguez, that's what you're saying. I know, I know. When it when it when it comes and down, the answer is no. The answer is so no. you have to let Alex Rodriguez in. Yeah, I still don't. Uh, and I know I'm wrong. Actually, I want to acknowledge that I know the logic isn't airtight, but he cheated the game three times post. I think his whole career here's, is tainted. Here's the thing, right? He he popped three times. Honestly, I think that he probably did just as much steroids as Barry Bonds did. No, no. I, I disagree strongly. Yeah. But... I, again, he's a Hall of Famer if you're going to let these people in, but it's just, he's he's a fucking prick, and just like, he got popped three Manny times. Manny Ramirez is a prick. Manny Ramirez is yeah, the poster is. child of being a prick. Yeah. I'm just saying, to get popped three times is just like, he thought, he just, truly the integrity of the game, and just, and that's where you, where does the line start? I just, I... He won't get in. I, I don't think if Barry Bonds doesn't get in, Alex Rodriguez sure as fucking I don't, shit I, isn't I, getting I in. I think that these that the only thing I will say that A Rod has going for him is now that he's uh, broadcasting and commentating. I think that, which is just hilarious. It is. It's, it's like it's nobody comedy. likes you. It's pure comedy, right? I think that that's going to do nothing but help him help his case. I think that these writers are going to see him and and see that he's still around the game, and I think that's just going to maybe help him more than it's going to hurt him. Which is that right? Yeah. Which is that I don't that I, that's probably not. No, right. it won't. I don't think it'll help him at all. I I don't. I think it's everybody wants to act like oh he dated J Lo and they were engaged and all that. And it's like you were literally the worst. <laughs> like nobody likes you. But yeah, it it is what it is. So I don't know. Anyway, we got hung up on that. But I will stand that I just I that's where I draw the line. It's a shitty, shaky line that looks like a little kid drew it. It's so like squiggly it's a and Michael makes no J. Sense. Fox line. Yeah, it is a little aw. I love Michael J. Fox. So do I. But, but he still has Parkinson's. It doesn't change the fact. Yeah, true. All right. Um let's let's hurry this up. That was probably that's one of the better debates. Uh Scott Rowland. Um, I have getting it by the way, it's a rod's first year. I think we mentioned that Scott yeah. Rowland's been on the ballot. I have him getting in. You don't, he's a third baseman, uh, eight time gold Glover, silver slugger, rookie of the year, 70.1 career war, 316 home runs, 855, uh, 855 OPS, excuse me, a 122 OPS plus, um, so the offensive numbers aren't quite, you know, they're great, but they're not quite Hall of Fame. But then you had eight gold gloves in there. And again, 70.1 war. 
the average third baseman has 68.4, and there are 15 third base Hall of Famers in history. So he is above on overall war in seven-year peak war, jaws, and war per year. So you want to talk about a potent player. Yeah. He played, he played 17 years, okay? And his average war per year was still 5.6. So he didn't fall off or suck at the beginning and suck at the end. Like he was just amazing. So in every like war related stat, he's above the average Hall of Famer. Now the Hall of Fame standards, he's 40 versus 50. He's 99 on the monitor versus 100. Batting, he's only got 27 gray ink versus 144. But the war and everything else, like I I have him in. I I mean like seventh or eighth year, I put him in. I I my biggest thing is that he's a very good baseball player, obviously. I mean, you don't have eight gold gloves for no reason. Um he just there's a lot of there's a lot of players during his time. I just think that there's better players. Yeah. I think that there's I, don't know, I think man. that there's players better than Scott Rowland that we're not putting in. Yeah, I don't know. I mean he is the tenth by war, he is the tenth. Edgar Martinez is a Hall of Famer, right? Edgar Martinez has less more than Scott Rowland does. Still, I think there's better players on this list that we're not putting in. Yeah, but neither of us even voted for 10 people. True. I I don't. I mean, I think Jimmy, I think Scott Rowland has even more than Todd Helton. Like, Scott Rowland's more of a Hall of Famer to me than even Todd Helton. And I don't have Todd Helton in. I know, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think we are putting the players. I think he's on the same level of, like, some of these. I don't know, but you're saying I you're saying Todd Hel- or you're saying Scott Rowland's better than Alex Rodriguez. No, he's not. But I didn't put him in. But I know I would say Scott Rowland's better than Manny Ramirez, and I'm putting him in. Like if you take all things considered, I wouldn't say Scott Hel- I wouldn't say Scott Rowland's better than Manny Ramirez. Well, then, and we just have ourselves a little. I, he's going to get in. I, I strongly believe he will. Um. So Jimmy Rollins to keep it moving here. Shortstop, uh, most almost all yeah, of his career except for the last two years. Yeah, with Philly, forty-seven point six career WAR, four Gold Gloves, an MVP, a Silver Slugger, two thousand eight World Series champion. Um, I don't remember him playing all the way up till twenty sixteen. He was a very Damn, good, me, a very good defensive shortstop too. Yeah, seventeen years, man. Four Gold Gloves, uh, two hundred thirty-one home runs, career ninety-five OPS plus. Listen, very good player, um, not a Hall of Famer. Nope. I mean, not not enough Gold Gloves to even start that conversation. Not enough, uh, no, you know, six percent below league average. You know, <laughs> he's only on Hall of Fame monitor. Is he technically above a likely Hall of Famer? But he's twenty WAR below the twenty three shortstops. Yeah, so he's twenty WAR below the average Hall of Fame shortstop, and there are twenty three of them. Below on peak war, jaws, and average war. Just very good player. Not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And then next up is Kurt Schilling. And this is tough because I want to say we said we wouldn't bring in ethics too much. Um, Yesterday, I said no to Kurt Schilling. But if we're going just statistically, I put Kurt Schilling in the Hall of Fame based on performance. I looked at it after we kind of did our test run. Yeah. 
I do put him in. I want to make it very clear, though. It's really hard to even say that because as a person, he's foul. Um, he is a absolute piece of shit. He, um, the stuff he does in his personal life and the things that he says, he is a, a, a racist, uh, just flat out. He's just a racist. Um, and he uses a lot of very scary speech and puts it out there and he has a platform and to put someone like that in the hall of fame, it goes beyond like, it goes beyond just like, I don't like what that person does. Like Manny Ramirez is an idiot. Like Kurt Schilling is not a good human being and to put him in. And there are other good human beings that are in the hall, right? That, that were not good people. And so it's tough, but like Kurt Schilling is a piece of shit. Some of the rhetoric that he puts out into the world is not good. Like these are not the kind of people we should be putting on a pedestal. So I had to get that off my chest. See, I, I'm I don't know a lot about what you're talking. I've never, he's fucking nuts. I've never seen that or heard of that. I've, that, yeah, he's, nuts. I also don't pay attention to a lot of that stuff like that. Yeah. It, and as much as athletes are human beings and they have a right to put their opinions out there. When, when I look at athletes, I look at, this is how I am for, I don't really give a shit what most, like they're shitty people, right? And if you're a shitty person, I'm not going to associate myself with you. But for the most part, I don't really give a shit what anyone thinks. If I think you're a decent person, I think you're a decent person. So when it comes to athletes, yeah. I am never going to become friends with, I would say, the likelihood of me becoming personal friends with an athlete's slim to none, right? So yeah. No, I get uh, it. The, I, and I don't disagree, but I mean, he's that, like, so, the stuff he but, put but, out there. All I'm is, saying is I don't really pay attention to to any of that stuff yeah. once they once they leave a field or a court or anything. Yeah, and I don't really either. I just, in doing research and the things I've heard is, yeah, it's, he's not the kind of person yeah. we need to put on a platform. But when it comes to, but, when it comes to numbers, uh, I, I, I think that he does get 79 in. and a half war, um, three, four, six ERA. 3,200 in almost 3,300 innings pitched, 3,116 strikeouts, magic number, 113 uh, whip, uh, pitched 20 years. And I mean, you look at it, he led the league and wins multiple times towards the end of his career, too. And in our dry run yesterday, we keep alluding to it. You know, you and I talked about it, and we didn't. Uh, I said that he got popped. He never got popped for pet PEDs ever. And there's no rumors of it. Like okay. he never used steroids, and so that was something I got hung up on yesterday. And then when I looked and found out that he never used them, and like there's no legitimate anything, and you know they would have dragged guys through the mud, yeah. right? He never used steroids, and he put up these numbers. So yeah, uh, him being a piece of shit human being aside, uh, seventy nine and a half WAR, twenty years of three four six ERA, and over three thousand strikeouts. Yeah, that'll that'll get you in the hall. Yeah, he he's a hell of a player. Um, on black ink, he actually is above the average with 42. Above On gray ink, 205 versus 185. <laughs> Hall of Fame monitor, 171 versus 100. Hall of Fame standards, 46 versus 50. So he's a little below. But he's and six I and think a half the more. Hall of Fame stand- what, what all does the Hall of Fame standards take into play? The Hall of Fame standards takes into account... Um, oh, wow. There's a lot going into this. Uh, oh... Is uh, what, what I'm trying to get at is ethics part of the Hall of Fame standards that Baseball Reference takes into account? That is a good 
what did we say? Standards, right? Yeah. Hall of Fame standards. Yeah. Okay. One second here. Sorry. While while you're doing that, I'll move on from Kurt Schilling and I'll start talking about the next guy. I got it. It's right here. Okay. Sorry. It's right here. So the standards test, uh, this test gives a score of 50 for an average Hall of Famer with 100 as the max. And it says, no, Babe Ruth's over 100 due to simple addition of pitching and batting batting. It takes into account one point for one point for every uh, for each for every ten wins above a hundred in their career, they get a point. For every twenty games over a five hundred like career win line, you know thing, yeah. they get another point. Every, they get a point for every time a minimum of five hundred innings. Wow, this gets really nitty gritty. I'm not even going to go through. Yeah, it, but it just uses some like really crazy. The only like, thing I'm stuff. wondering is that does it take into ethics into account on baseball? No, 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 not at all. Ethics would never be statistically based or anything. So uh, I will so say I, I, I put them in, and yesterday I did. What I what I all I wanted to know was if if ba- if their Hall of Fame standards were like them saying if we were if we were to vote, this is how close they would be to getting in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, Next is, I, and I just want to put out Alex's first bout that he did. He had Gary Sheffield being a Hall of Famer, which makes absolutely yeah. no sense. Uh, you also put AJ Przinsky because you thought we had to put ten people down. Yeah, so. I, but I also said I admitted saying that was biased because I liked AJ Przinsky a lot. Yeah, and because you thought I told you, well, because I did on accident yeah. say you had to put ten. Um, yeah. So Gary Sheffield. Originally, I had him in, and then I went against it, um, and I do. Neither of us have him in. Yep. Um, the only thing Hall of Fame about Gary Sheffield is his batting stance. 60.5 career war, right fielder, 509 home runs, career 907 OPS, a 140 OPS plus. Um, yeah, I mean, he played 22 years. And great baseball player. player. Great baseball player. Great center yeah, fielder great. and right fielder. Yeah. Played played a lot uh, for the Yankees. I want to say majority of but, his career was with, no, not even. No, but black ink, gray ink. Uh, he's above on Hall of Fame monitor and batting, but he's eleven WAR below an average right fielder, uh, below on peak WAR, Jaws, and career one sixty two WAR everywhere. Bo- Shit. Yeah, he played a long time, and. Uh, yeah, he's just not not enough, and I don't believe he was a very good defensive player yeah. at all. Um, when I, I remember, so I, I remember him mostly as a Yankee for some. Like I don't know why, and he only played there three years. Yeah, he played uh, almost his entire. I mean, uh, almost twelve hundred games of his twenty two hundred game career in right field. In left field, he played another like five hundred. 300 at DH, 468 at third. So mostly an outfielder. But yeah, let me check his defense really fast before I move on. I mean, he's a hell of a ball player. Paul of the very, very, very good. Uh, But yeah, I mean, in his career, he racked up, it looks like, defensive war, negative (laughs) 27.7. So yeah, that'll that'll usually do it. He lost 27 games on defense. Yeah, not not (laughs) it. Not... Not getting it done. Now, if he would have been average to above average plus that bat, he he pushes through yeah. all day. And it's not even a question. Um, should- did I mention that Kurt Schilling's uh, – like, Kurt Schilling, this is his final year as well. So, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, 
and then our next guy, Sammy Sosa, are all in their last year. Yeah. And those are all notably, well, Kershaw never used steroids, but the rest of them are all steroids-esque. Yeah. And, uh, and th- this is one we disagree on. It is. Uh, Sammy Sosa, I think, is, if you if you put Barry Bonds in, you got to put Sammy Sosa in. Great, great bat. Uh Pretty good defense. I mean, nothing to like really write home to mom about, but just yeah. offensively, dude was a monster. So I would argue every day of the week, Sammy Sosa is not a Hall of Famer. Um, hell of a ball player, MVP, six-time Silver Slugger, fifty-eight point six WAR, career eight seventy-eight OPS, pretty damn good. Career one twenty-eight OPS plus, pretty damn good. But he is the poster child of no way was he ever going to be a Hall of Famer before steroids. And you can see his numbers just go through the fucking roof when he started juicing. He had a pretty average career to slightly above average before steroids. I mean, 840, high 7 OPS, you know, mid high 8s. And then out of nowhere, he starts juicing. And you immediately start seeing he goes 30, mid 30 home runs, 66 here's, here's home runs. the thing. 63, Again, 50. If six, you put if you put Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in. It doesn't, I'm not, yeah, but their stats smoke his. Here's They're, the thing. Roger Clemens you, you has like. You can't say, hey, guess what? Like Barry Bonds did steroids, right? I think he's admitted to doing steroids too. Yeah. These, these guys. Their numbers were better when they did steroids. Can we agree on that? Like, yes. Yeah, of course. Yes, Barry Bonds numbers yeah, were I mean, good that's before steroids. But after steroids, they were better. You can't yeah. say it's okay for Barry Bonds, but not okay for Sammy Sosa. I didn't say that. I'm saying the overall product, Sammy Sosa, his entire product, other than hitting 609 home runs, which he hit half of those in like five years. And then he trailed off again because he's not a Hall of Famer. Like, he's not... He didn't bring defensive anything to the table. He just hit a fuck ton of home runs, and that's all he brought to the game. And no other facet is he a Hall of Famer. He's just not. I think he was an average fielder. I I, I say you don't hit six hundred nine home runs as a fluke. No, it's not. But you he hit half of his home runs in one, two, three, four, five years. Five like, eight years. It, it is. But, but that's why he's below on war. And he didn't play a bad... He didn't play a bad right field. I just looked it up. He's over one war per season, like, through his whole career. Which, again, shows you how potent they were. His, his whole career, he's over one war per season below the average right fielder. He's, he's not a... He's also 13 war below. He's not a Hall of Famer. He just hit a ton of home runs. And... When I say Barry Bonds and Roger Clements, yeah, I do. They had almost triple his war. Barry Bonds has like triple his war. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. Sammy Sosa's not a Hall of Famer and he won't get in. He's nowhere close. I, I think the voters have him at, the voters have him at, you know, they almost want to put Bonds and Clements in. They're nowhere near him. I think he's on He's on his last year. Yeah. And I want to say I don't he think got, he's getting in. I don't think he'll get in. He got 12.5%. <laughs> At least Bonds and them are at like sixty plus. Yeah, I don't. They're almost. In. I don't think that any of them are going to get in. So, yeah. Anyway, um, no, I will die on that hill that he's not a. It's okay. I, out of everything here, I will die. I would. I would say a rod's a. I'd give you a rod. You know, I'll give you all that. But I'm sorry, Sosa's not a Hall of Famer. 
I don't make the rules. I just look at the stats. Fucking I know, right? nerd. Anyway, I know. Mark Texier or Mark You said you did, it. you did that yesterday. Mark I know. Tushiro. I know. We're coming up on two hours, even though we promised we wouldn't. So God I'm just damn. moving fat. There's a lot of players to get through, but you guys miss us and we love you. All right, here we go. Mark Teixeira, uh, 50.6 war, uh, five gold gloves, three silver sluggers, 409 home runs, 869 OPS, 126 OPS plus, hell of a ball player. Um, but at the end of the day, in the hall of very, very, very good ball players, he the only thing he gets on is the Hall of Fame monitor. He's nine above, but he's... 15 and a half war below the average first baseman. He doesn't get in on peak war, jaws, or war per 162. He's just, again, once you get closer to that 70 mark, you're, you know, that's where it starts. And he's almost 20 war below that. So Mark Teixeira, um, not, not in the Hall of Fame, unfortunately. But I mean, damn, hell of a ball player. And um, a good, uh, yeah, just just a hell of a ball player. Paul walked away because apparently he's just done with this. So we'll go on to Omar Vizquel. Um, neither of us have him in the hall, although Paul will tell you in a moment that he would have him in if it weren't for the moral issues. Uh, I'll tell you all day, he is the definition of swinging a pool noodle and how we used to think players were so great. Uh, he only put up 45.6 war. Um, he's arguably probably the second best defensive shortstop in history. He's got 11 gold gloves, so I want to put some respect on that name. He's just an absolute monster defensively, but he swung a pool noodle. I mean, he's 22 war below the average shortstop. He's almost half of the career war per 162 as other shortstops. Half. He's at 2.5. The average is 4.9. And again, defensive god. But he had an 82 OPS plus. He was 18% below the league average, a 688 OPS. He swung a pool noodle. He stole 404 bags. You don't, you don't. And 11 gold gloves, though. I know. Well, what's his name? We didn't put him in. Torrey Hunter has what, eight or nine? And we didn't put him in. And eight, what's the difference between eight and 11? Yeah, it's only three, but still. Yeah, but his offensive stats, we did this yesterday. He's like, 40 OPS plus points yeah. above. He's 40% better than Omar at the plate. So he just, he swung a pool noodle. He's a very good player. He's not a Hall of Famer. And, and yeah, the defense is amazing. Second best yeah, ever. We, we kind of talked about wanna... yesterday. He was exactly what the Indians needed during that time. And he was, but like that doesn't make him a yeah. Hall of Fame. You can't be 20 war below, man. That's because defensively he was eating up the defensive war that's where all his war came from was defense yeah because he has 11 gold gloves yeah but he did nothing on the offensive side he swung his best year in his career he had an 833 ops which was 11 percent above the league (laughs) like dog that ain't gonna do it that's your best he led the league four time and sacrifice hits i know because he had a pool noodle, but he did what he had to do. He stole 404 bags. Hell of a player, not a Hall of Famer. Are you, and you're not putting him in no. either, right? Nope. All right. And then finally, as we wrap this up, Billy Wagner. And this is, we're going back to the closers. And in our dry run that we keep talking about that nobody will ever hear. Yep. Um, I already, we I went already back deleted and all the files. So, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> nobody will ever hear. He won a Roll Aids Relief Award. <laughs> He's a lefty, 
27.7 war. Great name. Uh, Great name. Two, Strong last true. name. Wagner. Paul's last name is Wagner. 231 ERA, Paul, in 903 career innings. Yep. With 422 saves and a .998 whip. He's under a one-whip career. Domination from start to finish of his career. You want, you want, to, hear, you want to hear something that gets my rocks off? What is it? Give it to me. In where is it? Nine hundred nine or nine hundred three innings. One thousand one hundred ninety six strikeouts. Yeah, he is an eleven point <laughs> nine strikeouts per. That's nine, utter domination. Is, no, no one can touch my stuff. I, I wake up every morning. I piss excellence. Point eight <laughs> home runs per nine. Point eight home runs well, per nine. People, and again, people high leverage. No one's hitting the ball, so of course they're not going to hit home runs. He just killed it, man. Now, I will say, in what really you look at his career, 16 years, right? In one year, only one year of his career did he put up over a three ERA. You heard that right. In 2000, he was hurt. He only pitched like a third of the season, and he had a 6.18 ERA in 28 appearances. But the average year I'm seeing, he's sub two or like mid-ish twos, which that's how he ended up with a two, three, one career yeah. ERA. But what's crazy is like, if you take that one year out, right? That that one year, there, where you, you know, you, you can't yeah. do that. But this dude's at a two point three one ERA, and he has career. a and he has a six point one eight jacking that up. Yeah. He is That's below crazy. a career war, like we talked about. Um, he's not in on anything, but like, except for Hall of Fame monitor. But it's like, when you have Mar- Mariano Rivera and Dennis Eckersley like skewing that average so much, I mean, he's he's around Trevor Hoffman, and Trevor Hoffman is the dude. Like, he he's a Hall of Famer. Like, this, he does punch through for me. He's got just a little bit more war than what was it? Almost twelve hundred strikeouts. I mean, what else can you do, regardless of war, at nine hundred and three innings, and you make four hundred and twenty-two saves in a two-three-one ERA sub-one WHIP? What else can you possibly do to be a Hall of Famer as a closer than that? You know what I mean? Like, and, besides and being about and and just are, under and just under half of the games he played in, he had saves. Just under half. Which is just nuts, man. Like, I don't... What else do you do? And that's where it gets tough, right? Because, like, what else could he have done? He's a Hall of Famer. So, we still went two hours, even in this... (laughs) I wonder what his, like, save appearance is versus, like, actual saves is. I know. I was trying to find the blown saves, but I can't find them for some reason. But uh, yeah, we still went two hours, even though even in the reshoot because of who we are. But that is all thirty players. Thirty players. Uh, we debate. It is, and besides, there's nothing else going on. So we just giving you guys that good shit uh, to get through some good information. Uh, we'll do it once a year, and we tackled steroids. You know this this won't come up again next year. A lot of stuff. So in total, I put in uh, eight players. So I put in bonds. Clemens, Todd Helton, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, Scott Rowland, 
Kurt Schilling, and Billy Wagner. And then who all did you yeah, put in? My list is uh, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, A-Rod, Kurt Schilling, and Sammy Sosa, and Billy Wagner. Yeah, so you put in eight as well, yep. right? Nice. And that's the Hall of Fame. So, like I said, it takes a lot to go through, but we we got there. Um, and And yeah, so... That's the Hall of Fame. It takes a lot yeah. <laughs> to get through. A lot of ethical stuff, a lot of everything. But, um, but yeah, we should wrap this up. We've been doing this for a while. So this is the last episode before Christmas. So I want to wish everybody a very Merry yeah. Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, we can't believe we get to do this. It is a Christmas present to us. And, uh, yeah, and Paul's birthday. Everybody wish Happy Birthday to Paul, who literally is the only person I've ever known that has a birthday on Christmas, like actually on the day. So happy birthday to Paul ahead of time. And we will be back next week with kind of a pre-recorded thing because uh, I will be back in Ohio in the land starting on Friday. And uh, and yeah, we're going to talk about all kinds of life stories. Try and keep them mostly baseball, but a few will slip in there. We'll just have some fun, a little fireside yeah. chat. Have, have, a couple have, a couple, have a couple alcoholic beverages. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and yeah, so thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please, uh, like, and follow us on, uh, uh, look at that. I forgot how to do this. (laughs) If you like what you hear, please, if you're still sticking around after two hours of hall of fame, please, uh, be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast and consider leaving us a review. It really helps us out. Let's us know you like what you're hearing. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at 216 Baseball Pod, put a ton uh, of content out there. And we're going to put our ballots out there too, so you can see the best yeah. ballots ever. And uh, follow us on TikTok and Instagram, both at 216 Baseball Pod. And like I said, we'll be back next Monday, but we hope you have a great, great Christmas. Yeah. And, and- uh, go ahead and go ahead and pre subscribe to the YouTube channel, 216 Baseball, because uh, eventually we're going to start putting some stuff back out on, on YouTube, uh, putting the videos back out there. Uh, once I get a little bit more free time and we're going to start pounding out the videos again. Yeah. All right. So that's everything. Merry Christmas. Everybody wish Paul a happy birthday on Twitter and guards up, baby. Guards up, baby. Let's go.